Tell Me I'm Here is a compelling account by Anne Devinson. She's the mother of a boy named Jonathan who suffers from schizophrenia. Now we come to know Jonathan both through and beyond his illness, but we also come to know Anne both through and beyond her powerful narration. Her detailed and riveting picture of what life with and alongside schizophrenia really adds up to and defies the ignorance and indifference bleakly demonstrated by many medical professionals in the 1980s period. Her storytelling skills mean that we cannot turn away, nor do we want to, from what we are being fed by her. The way in which Devinson writes allows us to engage our emotions with Jonathan and his story, and his life through the power of her writing. We never lose sight of Jonathan, though. The oldest of three children, and as a much-loved person in the family. We come to know him as a son and as a brother, as a friend, and we see him as someone shaped by high intelligence, such as when he talks about many things that are related to his illness, and also the ability for him to understand the results and effects of treatments. Too many medical professionals make them feel dumbfounded for the information he has given them. Although he is also shaped by high intelligence, he's also shaped by high tenderness and playfulness, but also madness. When his psychosis is fueled, like many times in the book, he would be taking explicit drugs such as marijuana. He is sometimes very frightening, and him himself often gets frightened, but Jonathan is always more than his illness. And this itself is a remarkably moving achievement within the story. Now, schizophrenia is a mental illness that affects people. People with schizophrenia will experience psychosis, which means they can have serious problems thinking clearly with their emotions and knowing what is real and what isn't. This can include hearing or seeing things that are not theirs, which are hallucinations, and having strange beliefs or abnormal feelings that aren't true. They're called delusions. Now, according to livingwithschizophrenia.org, Treatments such as electroconvulsive therapy and lobotomies were frequently used in conjunction with many antipsychotic medications throughout the 1980s. Throughout the book, on multiple occasions, the doctors changed and gave Jonathan different types of medication and even tried to convince him to do electroconvulsive therapy, which he didn't agree with. Now, the medication that's available to treat this devastating illness is like a double-edged sword. On one hand, they help control the bad symptoms, like hallucination and paranoia, but on the other hand, they have unpleasant side effects like muscle stiffness, tremors, and abnormal movements that happen over time. Now, there are now currently more safer therapies in place for people living with schizophrenia, such as psychoeducation and many medications, to name a few, antipsychotic medication and anti-tremor medication. These make treating schizophrenia 80% safer than it was 25 years ago, and 1% of Australians will have a schizophrenia diagnosis by the time they're 30. Although schizophrenia can be a scary word to hear when you're experiencing mental health challenges, but advances in medications and treatments of schizophrenia have been making living with it so much easier. Samantha is a 22-year-old girl from England, and she has a podcast called The Sound Behind My Eyes. In this podcast, she talks about how her and her mother both suffering from this type of psychosis or schizophrenia. She states, My mother would constantly be given the wrong medication treatment. At least now there are alternatives to the life-controlling treatments she would be given. 
This statement gives a blanketed insight into how much of a nation we have come to overcome the stigma of mental illness and schizophrenia. Although this is true, the idea that stigma and the nature around schizophrenia was definitely worse in the 70s and 80s. An anonymous account states, Fuck man, the idea of me telling people that it's not me acting out and I can't control it makes me seem like an animal, like a monster, and nobody wants me around because they think I don't simply understand. Nor do they really have the patience to listen at all. All I want is someone to listen. All I want is someone to feel how I feel once in a while. This statement gives a riveting and deep insight into how people with mental illness, not only schizophrenia, and how they were treated by society and medical professionals through the 1980s period. Stories is almost in relation to how the book is written. It's very much all over the place. The scarce yet in-depth account and all over the place emotions could have potentially been what it was like living with Jonathan while he was going through his troublesome times and how it would have felt dealing with someone with schizophrenia. Being a mother of three children, Anne became overly protective of Jonathan when she found out his diagnosis. Throughout the 1980s, the thought that it was the treatment of the parents, specifically the mother, on how the children turned out was highly thought of, so the result of his diagnosis might have put Anne in the dark side of the cupboard. Another topic that I'm going to be brushing on within my podcast is that within the book, it is thought that mental illness wasn't a thing back in the 80s, specifically schizophrenia. Or if it was, once again, it was the result of the treatment of the parents to the child. On page 88 in the book, the police call the hospital and the policeman says, He's been fighting with his mum and acting strange. We need to bring him in. The doctor replies with what's wrong? Schizophrenia, the policeman says, and the doctor listens for a bit and says, there's no such thing as schizophrenia. This stigma around mental illness not being real could have potentially played a big part into why Anne reacted the way she did about the diagnostic and why she couldn't get much help for him in the way that they needed. the book is an amazing way to feel sympathetic towards how people felt back in that period and specifically how they were treated. The way that Jonathan and Anne were treated allows us to understand the indifference and ignorance people showed them because of Jonathan's schizophrenia and mental illness and the book itself could have been the justice Anne needed to deal with her grief of the death of Jonathan or just the justice she wants to give to others maybe going through or that have gone through this same kind of indifference.